Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, Steelers fans, welcome to another episode of the Steelers draft fix my name is jeremy betts and i'm joined as always for this podcast by andrew wilbar andrew how you doing i'm doing well got a lot of big steelers news one week closer to the draft gonna be a good show i know things are starting to heat up and uh it's exciting and uh listeners you can find everything we're going to talk about and more at behind the steel as always they are the host of this podcast as well as many others, and so much online content. Uh, we'll reference a few of those things here on this podcast, like uh, the big board, the BTSC big board, which is a big deal, no pun intended, uh, this time of year. Uh, Andrew is heading that up, and uh, we're getting a lot of good contribution this year, which is nice to see. We're going to go through some of that. Uh, but first, let's jump into some Steelers news. Like you said, Andrew, there's a lot to get into, and I think we need to just – focus in on uh, some new hirings. Uh, first of all, um, Frisman Jackson, the wide receiver coach, I believe he was the first uh, outside hire uh, for the Steelers to come in and replace. Um, oh man. Remind me who he came in for. Yeah, that's right. Mike Hilliard, um, who uh, I believe mutually parted ways with the team uh, at that point so uh jackson comes in he's got a a a long coaching history he's he's a guy with experience and uh hoping to 
come in and take a young group of receivers to the next level. What do you think about that hire? I'm not super familiar with Jackson, but I do mm-hmm. know that just looking at this past year's wide receivers in the wide receiver room, I'm not just talking about the immaturity, but just whether it be Deontay Johnson's drops or Chase Claypool's inconsistency. Yeah. Ike Hilliard was not getting the job done. A change needed to be made. I think the Steelers made a good decision making the change. We'll see what happens. Generally, the Steelers do a good job scouting receivers. Hopefully, that means that they know something about receiver coaches as well. Mike Tomlin, right. play receiver. So I, I'm going to trust the staff on this one. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I just believe that they did make the right decision in letting go of Ike Hilliard. I believe that'll be something that will hopefully help both Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool in their development. Yeah, I agree. Um, it oftentimes, I think the Steelers biggest mistake as an organization is holding on too long. And, uh, I don't think they did that with Hilliard in this case that they made the decision at the right time after a season where expectations weren't really met for, uh, specifically Chase Claypool and, uh, Juju's injury didn't help and all that, but it was kind of a down year for the wide receiver group as a whole, despite Johnson's, uh, rise into a predominant role. Um, I like that hire. I think it, it changes the dynamic in the locker room a little bit too. Uh, a new fresh face maybe uh, can inject some uh, energy into the, that position group. Uh, how about Pat Meyer, um, the new offensive line coach uh, brought in from Carolina? This one I was not as thrilled about. Sure. I, it was not just because it was not somebody named Mike Munchak. I mean, I was a big (laughs) proponent of Ed Warner, even former offensive line coach from Michigan, worked with a lot of good guards at Notre Dame, uh, worked with Zach Martin at Ohio State, had a bunch of offensive linemen. He did a good job developing. Then he went to Michigan, turned one of the worst offensive lines in the Big Ten into one of the best. And of course, now Sharon Mm -hmm. Moore took over and even took it to the next level. Uh, But I believe there were better candidates out there. Just looking at the Panthers offensive line last year, they gave up 52 sacks. Yeah, their line is not exactly the most talented but I do believe they have more talent than the Steelers last year he had a former first round pick a second round pick two third round picks and then a sixth round pick on that line and that sixth round pick is Matt Paradis who's still a top 10 center in the NFL granted the first round pick was Cameron Irving who didn't exactly turn out in the NFL Yeah, yeah but still I would say that he has more talent to work with in Carolina than what he has to work with before free agency in the draft with the Steelers yeah, I agree with that. Um, it was a big surprise to me, especially so early in the hiring process that they just went with him. They must have really liked his interview uh, because I don't see much in the way of uh, production on the field from his players to warrant um, a, a, a hiring for a team that really needs to turn the offensive line around. That's like priority number two befi- behind finding a quarterback. Uh, during this offseason seemed a little sketchy to me. But one interesting thing I did see, um, Trey Turner uh, played for uh, the Carolina Panthers and then the Los Angeles Chargers, right? And uh, those were also uh, Pat Myers' last two stops, but they never crossed paths there uh, at those two destinations. They were opposite years. It was very interesting to see that. Um, cause I thought maybe there'd be a little bit of a connection there. Maybe they'd try to bring Trey Turner back with Pat Meyer coming in, um, as maybe a former coach of his, but it doesn't look like they ever worked together. They were just in same places at wrong times. Okay. So we'll move on to 
the internal hiring uh, promotion, if you will, of Terrell Austin uh, moving up from the defensive backs coach and uh, defensive assistant to the coordinator of the entire defensive unit. Uh, Terrell Austin is a guy the Steelers know well. He's a guy with a lot of coaching experience. Uh, I personally like the hire. Uh, what do you think? I was a big fan of Terrell Austin when the Steelers brought him in originally to be the defensive backs coach. Well, the one thing I like about Austin, he's not a pure man coverage coach, but he does teach mm-hmm. more man coverage concepts and more press concepts. And those are things I think the Stez really kept the Steelers back. And just right. in this modern day, when you have all these spread offenses with these little gadget type receivers, you have to be able to get physical with them at the line and be able to play with them on an island. And right. the Steelers don't have the biggest corners, but I believe that when the Steelers were going after Artie Burns in the draft, I mean, it blew everyone else's mind. I mean, Xavier Howard was sitting yeah. there on the board. I had him and Mackenzie Alexander rated higher in that draft. So I was shocked. I did not like the pick at all. But the one thing about it was that, hey, maybe the Steelers are going to start playing some more man coverage. Mm. Well, for one season after he was after Artie Burns was already gone, the Steelers did play man coverage. And that was in 2019 when the Steelers had the best defense in the NFL. After they brought yeah. in Minka Fitzpatrick, Joe Hayden was playing some man coverage. He's never been a big man coverage guy, but he was playing mm. – well in man coverage on the outside i don't think he has the speed for it anymore so now the steelers do need to find more guys to fit that but my hope and maybe this is being too optimistic because i know mike tomlin's still gonna have a big say in it and we know his tampa two cover three concepts but the steelers if they want to maintain it or not really even maintain a good defense but they want to take their defense to the next level they have to be able to play man coverage because if you're going yes. up against Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and Justin mm-hmm. Herbert, the good quarterbacks are going to eat that zone apart. If you give him more than two and a half seconds to throw the ball, the Steelers have to be able to get more physical with these small receivers, the Tyree kills of the world, get more talent at wide receiver. I'm looking at a guy like Andrew Booth in the draft. I know corner is not a popular pick. The Steelers can't seem to hit on it, but I believe he's a guy with Terrell Austin now in charge. If the Steelers dedicate themselves to playing more man coverage, he could turn out into being one of the elite corners in the NFL. That's just additional. That was all free, but, I, <laughs> but hey, I am a big fan of the Terrell Austin hire. Sure. Good. I, I like it too. I think you keep that continuity in there. Um, and I think that he brings a dynamic that the Steelers uh, desperately need, which is uh, helping the cornerbacks know how to play football. That's been a, a weak point for many years now, but I think you can really attribute um you can attribute Akella Witherspoon's uh, rise in the latter portion of the year and uh, Joe Hayden's longevity uh, partly to how Austin uh, coaches these guys and gets them prepared for game day to be in the right position. So uh, a great hire and uh, his uh, voice in the draft process will be interesting to see how the Steelers address defensive needs and in what order uh, like you're talking about there. Um, okay, and then the, the most recent uh, breaking news uh, from uh, Saturday is that the Steelers have hired Brian Flores uh, to come in and basically take Terrell Austin's former job as the defensive assistant and also to help coach the linebackers. Uh, what do you think, how, do, how does uh, Brian Flores' uh, hiring impact this team for 2022. This is the perfect hire, putting aside all the drama and putting aside everything that could potentially come with bringing in Brian Flores. This is the perfect hire. I was not a big fan of Keith Butler, 
But the one thing that he was fantastic with was scheming up blitzes. And, mm. you know, that is something that Terrell Austin, he is a defensive backs guy. He does not have right. a ton of experience working with the front seven and scheming up blitzes. And Brian Flores, this is this is his this is his wheelhouse. I'm sure. super excited to see how they complement each other. This is big for Devin Bush. I was reading some things on the BTSC Slack channel earlier today. And of course, if you want offensive line expertise, Jeffrey Benedict and KT Smith, no offensive lines is oh, absolutely. about as good as anybody that I know. I'm not an offensive line fishing now by anything. I can tell you traits that a guy has, but knowing the scheme, the different types of blocking schemes, there are no two guys more knowledgeable than KT Smith and Jeffrey Bendick. So go and check their workout behind the steel curtain. I'm sure they're going to have some sort of film room, some different things going on in the coming days with the Brian Flores hire. And they were talking about it some today. And the main thing that I grasped from it is that it should allow Devin Bush to work more in space. Yeah. And I think this is a really good for Devin Bush. Hopefully this is the hire that will get his career back on track, back to where we thought it was going to be a couple of years ago. And it's not just the name Brian Flores, but having some coaching yeah. experience is always a good thing just because you see the, the big picture of everything. It's not right. just an up and comer. And I think that's a big thing yeah. to think about as well with this hire. It's great. hire. Yeah. You get a former head coach in there that knows how to look at the bigger picture too. And that opens up the possibilities for a defense that, needs to uh, kind of round back into form from what was a pretty much a down year in terms of production after 2019, where the bar was set so high. Now TJ Watt was on another plane again uh, this year, but he's going to need some help. And uh, I think what set Bush Devin Bush apart in the draft process, why the Steelers loved him was how he worked in space and they weren't able to apply him that way last year, whether that be, do the injury or Keith Butler's scheme, but I think that that changes uh, this year. And you see a freer middle linebacker position, you might see um, some more splash plays out of this defense. So um, I like the hire as well. Um, we will continue to track uh, that situation as it continues on. But Brian Flores is now a Steeler and will be a big part of what the Steelers are looking for looking to do in 2022. All right. So the hires out of the way, the news out of the way that we'll cover here. Uh, we want to jump into assessing the quarterback position for the Steelers um, on behind the steel curtain.com this last week's uh, big board was for the quarterback position. And uh, Andrew, you have them ranked uh, on there. We're going to go through some of your rankings a little bit later and we'll jump into um, the draftable prospects in the second half of the show. But before we do that, let's talk about the Steelers' current quarterbacks after the departure of Ben Roethlisberger. And we'll start with the guy that the Steelers gave a contract to last year to stick around an extra year and see if he could work his way into the starting gig, and that's Mason Rudolph. I think as Steelers fans, we may be a little bit tired of uh, Mason Rudolph, but I wanted to get your thoughts on it, Andrew. Um, how do you think that, uh, how do you think Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins will, uh, what role will they play this year in the, how the Steelers decide what to do at quarterback? Regardless of the past that Matt Canda has had of being able to work with multiple types of quarterbacks, 
yeah. his system, whether it be the rollouts, being able to play under center, being able to make plays with the feet. You want somebody with mobility if you want Matt Kanda to run his system to the fullest extent. Mm. Mason Rudolph, he, I mean, he ran, he only, I believe he ran, I want to say it was a 4.85, which yeah. isn't a terrible time for a quarterback, but he does not play, he does not even play that fast on the field right. <laughs> he was a willing runner in college but it was also the big 12 and he had a whole lot of free yardage to pick up way too yeah. often he doesn't have that in the nfl no and as all. a passer he has talent and he does a good job throwing deep balls toward the sideline but he's not consistent enough over the middle of the field and he doesn't have the pocket awareness i mean how many times have we seen him getting hit on the blind side now part of that was obviously the offensive line but how many times have we seen him just not seeing a pass rusher coming at all and holding onto the ball way too long? It, I'd be okay if the Steelers decided, hey, our quarterback is not in this draft, or maybe a quarterback is in this draft, but he's raw, and we don't want to start him right away. I would be okay with the Steelers rolling with Rudolph as the starter for one year since he's cheaper than bringing in any other free agent. You're saving that yes. cap space, and you can use it at other positions. But ideally, I, uh, I mean, if you're talking about potentially getting into the playoffs. I don't see that happening with Mason Rudolph as the quarterback. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, right now he's the known commodity, which gives him a leg up in the organization. But as far as talent and skill goes, if you're bringing back Matt Canada, I don't think you're doing so just to put another uh, immobile quarterback in the backfield. You're doing it because you're going all in and you're giving him the reins to design the offense the way he believes wins football games. And I don't know if Mason Rudolph does that for that scheme. Now they'll talk it up all year, how he's got the mobility to to make it work. Um, And he's, or they'll talk about that this off season. I think they'll do the same with Haskins. And we've seen a little bit more out of Haskins as far as mobility, not much. They're both uh, in the same uh, design and style of quarterback. So I do think that that plays into the decision-making process here. And I honestly would be uh, very surprised if Mason Rudolph uh, is the starter for the whole season. Now he may come out of the tunnel as your week one starting quarterback. Uh, That may be the case, but if he's the, the quarterback for all of 2022, I think the Steelers will be disappointed with that outcome. And I think that Matt Canada will be, as well, maybe not verbally, but uh, in uh, private, that will be the case. Um, so being or leaving that these two guys are on the roster, uh, we've got to take a look at current NFL, NFL quarterbacks that could be on the move, whether that be through trade or free agency. Um, do you have a top couple guys uh, that you could see the Steelers uh, trying to go for that you wouldn't mind seeing the Steelers go for? I don't like any of the guys that are available for trade just because you're giving up too many assets with Aaron Rodgers, You're giving up multiple first round picks and you're trading him for a guy who has only a few years left in his career. And yeah, as much as the Steelers as Steelers fans like to think that they could win with Aaron Rodgers, this roster is not as talented as it was just a couple of years ago. There are a lot of positions the Steelers have to fill. And I know they have some cap space, but Mm. I don't know if it can be done in one off season. I just don't think you trade the, you don't mortgage the future for a 30-something-year-old quarterback that's at the end of his career. Jimmy Garoppolo, I think we've seen what he is. I don't think you're going to win with him. He can get you to the playoffs, and 
if he's healthy and he'll provide some solid football, but do you really want to trade, you know, a second and a third yeah. round pick to go and get Jimmy Grapple? I, I would rather just draft my own quarterback and develop him. And, you know, none of the other guys available, Russell Wilson, you're going to be trading multiple first round picks. Yeah. For. Deshaun Watson is the interesting one just because his price could come down depending on what happens and all the off field issues. You know, if he, let's say he was suspended for one year, whether he's, you know, I'm not going to get into whether I have my thoughts on whether he's guilty, not guilty, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. But if let's say he is suspended for a year, I'm curious to see how much that price tag comes down. If he's suspended for a year and let's say the price was a first and a third round pick, I would do that because he's still young and the Steelers are starting to get some of their older players off the salary cap and you have enough space to be able to add a contract of Deshaun Watson's size on potentially it wouldn't be easy but i believe it could be done but right and he's that, a known he's a known commodity as well as far as talent so you wouldn't be you wouldn't be just throwing away that pick on right on that potential but go ahead oh yeah definitely the only free agent there's a couple free agents that people have been throwing around but the one guy that i think fits matt candace system better than anybody else is mitch trubisky from being able to play under center being able to roll out the best thing he did in Chicago was when he was able to roll out, get outside the pocket and either make plays with his feet or make throws on the run. That's when Trubisky's at his best sitting behind Josh Allen for a year. I think was great for him because they play similar styles. Trubisky's not sure. quite as talented as Josh Allen is. Doesn't have quite as strong of an arm, but we sometimes forget he was, he never had a chance in Chicago. Fans were booing him before he even touched the field because he went number two overall fans wanted right. Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes. And yes, they made a bad decision, but his confidence was already knocked out of him before he even had a chance to prove himself. I don't know where his confidence level is, but we've seen a confident Mitch Trubisky in that second year when Matt Nagy came in, we saw what he was capable of and he was just touching the surface toward the end of that year. He was capable of even more. And I, I know fans don't want to, sometimes they say, you know, let's just ride with Mason. If we're going to just get a bridge quarterback, because why spend the money? Hmm. But if you can get sure. Mitch Trubisky on a, I mean, you just signed a $2 million deal for one year. If you can sign him for five to 7 million, I think you got to consider it just because I believe there is some untapped potential. There's always that chance that if he turns out, maybe you can keep yourself from having to spend a high pick on a quarterback. Maybe that's being too yeah. optimistic, but Mitch Trubisky, if I'm going out after anybody, he's the guy I want. Sure. I, I like that, that thought there. Um, Trubisky is, uh, he's got the pedigree and he's got, talent that we've seen and like you said never really blossomed in Chicago and an organization that has struggled for many years uh but give Trubisky a chance to kind of reinvent himself in a new in a new place um where he's where he's got a team behind him that can that can help him and support him and I think that could be a boost to him and I personally think he's an upgrade on Mason Rudolph he has at least proven that he can put starter quality snaps on the field and Mason Rudolph has not done that. So if you can get him on a deal like you're talking about, then I like that move for sure. The other guy I like is uh, potentially James Winston um, as a bridge type quarterback. He's still young. He's got a lot of arm talent. He's got a good reputation in the league, um, especially after going to the saints and, showing that he can bring down those turnover numbers um, that he was putting up in Tampa Bay. Um, it's, he's an interesting and intriguing guy to look at because of where he's come from and the injury that he's sustained. 
but his price has been lowered because of that as well. And I think fans uh, will maybe be clamoring for a Jameis Winston uh, come free agency. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Steelers did pull or that did pull that string or at least uh, kick the tires on it to uh, consider his potential. Um, one of the things that I think is going to happen this offseason that kind of happened a little bit last year too is all of the talk of these disgruntled veteran quarterbacks moving on is going to kind of subside. Rodgers is going to go back to Green Bay, I think. Uh, Russell Wilson will figure things out with Seattle. And then you'll see a lot less movement around the league. Uh, right now it's a big talking point because there's no football on. Uh, but I think that that will die down as you approach free agency in the draft and teams start to figure out that what they've got is better than trying to start over and uh, they'll make that play. All right, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to dive into the draft prospects at the quarterback position. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welcome back to the second half of the Steelers draft fix. Andrew, we're going to talk your top five quarterbacks. And uh, before we get into the actual list, can you give me a couple guys who just missed your list of top five quarterbacks going into the 2022 draft season? Well, a couple guys that missed my list. A lot of people have this guy in the top five is Matt Corral. I actually had him mm. number six. Maybe I'm buying too much into that Arkansas game a couple years back where he had six interceptions, but I saw that game and <laughs> so inconsistent doesn't have the frame to hold up in the NFL. He's injury prone, just as accuracy is very sporadic. I'm just not a fan. There's too much developing to do. He has potential, but I just, I don't want to be the team that has to mess with them. Bailey right. Zappi is a guy who doesn't have a ton of arm talent, but he's very accurate, was a record breaker at Western Kentucky. He's a guy, if he falls to day three, would be a really good value pick. A guy who could develop in maybe two, a Gardner Minshew type quarterback guy who can be maybe a bridge <laughs> quarterback for some team. Um, and EJ Perry is another guy I had at eight. Well, we may get into some sleepers later, but EJ Perry is kind of, uh, I had him at number eight. He's 153 in my overall ranking right now, okay. six foot two, 210 pounds. He's expected to run in the four fives or four sixes in the 40. And he's actually got a solid arm on him. I didn't get a chance to watch all of the shrine bowl, uh, but I believe he did play in that game. And he, mm -hmm. he has, some potential he's not the most accurate quarterback throwing over the middle uh but he's good on throwing like nine routes down the sideline uh he's good going through his progressions when he has time but then, of course that's easier said than done at the college level right, right. so he needs to work on 
when he's under pressure, being still able to go through his progressions, remain poised in the pocket, but there's some potential there. Sure. When you dive into these prospects at the college level and you watch their tape, um, there's so much first read um, play style out of these guys where they, the system that they're in is designed to have open receivers after an RPO or a play action pass. And you don't get to see them make a lot of adjustments and uh, go through their progressions like you have to be able to do at the NFL level. And I think that that's what separates the top tier guys from the fringe guys is that they've already shown the ability to, to do that. And we'll talk about some of those guys later, but um, I like the Gardner Minshew uh, comp for Zappy. I've been trying to think of a guy that, that, plays in the NFL that reminds me of him and that's a good one uh, a potential to be that type of quarterback at the NFL level uh, I think you already have a lot of people intrigued uh, a lot of listeners because you've left Matt Corral out of the top five we're going to talk about who has replaced him so we'll start at the bottom we'll start with number five uh, who is your fifth ranked quarterback going into the draft process I've got Sam Howell at number five he's number 39 in my Ooh. overall rankings right now he looks – I was really excited about him as a freshman watching him play. I'm like, this guy – this guy's got a better arm than Baker Mayfield. He's got the same mobility yeah. as Baker Mayfield. He's got the same swagger as Baker Mayfield. And, of course, at this point, Baker Mayfield's stock was a whole lot higher than what it is right. currently. Yeah. So, I'm like, this yeah. guy's going to be the next Baker Mayfield. Well, going, you know, two years later, I still feel the same way, but it's not in as quite a positive sense. Right, there's he a little has, more negative connotation to that now. <laughs> right, absolutely. I mean, yeah. he's, he's slightly more talented. He has a slightly better arm, and I think he has slightly better mobility. But in terms of instincts in the pocket, being able to – Baker, there were times in college where he was able to get through his progressions better than others. But <laughs> he also, again, it's the Big 12. It was so hard to tell coming out of college. And really in the NFL, we see – in Kevin Stefanski's offense, he started to thrive when he was healthy last season, but yeah. it was only when he had his running backs run for 150, 200 yards a game. And I yeah. feel with Howell, you need to have a lot of talent around him to succeed. That's why I'm not quite on board with taking him in the first round. If somebody wants to mm. trade up into the, like the next to last or last pick of the first round to go and take him and get the fifth year option, I can probably understand it. But I think once right. you're getting to this point, you're working with a guy who has a fixed ceiling. You're only going to get so much out of him. I don't know if Sam Howell's capable of taking a team to a Super Bowl or even an AAFC NFC championship game. Just looking at what Baker Mayfield has done to this point in his career, I think you have to have so much talent around him that makes yeah. that window not only very small, but makes it very difficult to build a team around a quarterback like him. Yeah, and the the slider build and the height will get uh, teams as well. And uh Mayfield was a, a production freak in college. That's why he went number one overall. They were banking on the swagger to take him to the next level in the NFL. Sam Howell, to me, while showing similar characteristics, like you said, we've, we've seen how that goes at the NFL level. And um, it's got good moments. It's got some bad moments too, but you're, you're right. He's going to need a lot of help. Now the Steelers do have an offense that, might be able to make that work with trying to make Najee Harris the, the focal point of the scheme. Uh, but in doing so, you, you, if you go for a, a Sam Howell in the latter part of the first round or 
a trade up into the early second or something like that, then you really need to uh, make sure that you address all other aspects of the offense because he's going to need as much help as he can get. Who's your number four guy? My number four guy is Carson Strong from Nevada. And a lot of people are not talking about him. I know Matty Pepper from BTSC is he has been – shouting this guy from the rooftops, calling him probably, <laughs> I, I don't know what his board is like, but something tells me he probably has him as the number one quarterback in this class. And there sure. are freaking traits about Strong. He's got a fantastic arm. Outside of Malik Willis, I would say Carson Strong has the next best arm in this class. He looks, when he's at his best, he looks like a young Ben Roethlisberger. And that's why I think a lot of Steelers fans may become intrigued with him as the draft process goes on. The big thing, and I don't put a whole lot of weight into 40 times with quarterbacks because straight line speed at quarterback position does not mean a whole lot. But because of his knee injuries that he's had, his athletic drills, being able to run, showing his mobility, and not even just running in a straight line, but can he, at his pro day, can he show mobility inside the pocket, being able to move around? And that was something at the senior bowl. There were a few times he really didn't do a great job of escaping pressure. There were other times he did step into the pocket, stepped into the throw, made a nice pass over the middle of the field 10 15 yard pass but it's with strong his clutch and it's hard to determine how clutch he truly is just playing at nevada but there are a couple games i watched third down crucial third down down by a score or two just makes it an absolutely horrible read and he's generally a fairly accurate quarterback over the middle of the field Mm. and then he'll just sail one and it's just like what you know what happened to the right. that you've had all game there's just a little bit of inconsistency there but the big thing is the mobility he's got the arm and i think he can succeed in the nfl if he can avoid the pressure and last year davis mills he boosted his draft stock at the combine and he ran a lot faster 40 times than what people thought if carson strong does the same thing as silly as it may sound to judge a quarterback off his 40 time i believe that could be telling just because that gives fans and scouts a number in their head yeah and as much as we can tell ourselves you know that doesn't matter straight line speed doesn't matter when a number looks good it's tempting to the brain it's tempting to the mind and sure is yeah you know and as we see the nfl going more into analytics and numbers as dumb as it may sound i believe that carson strong if he does well in the drills on field drills at the combine and if he can run a decent 40 time and i'm not talking i mean if patrick mahomes ran a 4-8 if he can run a 4-8 and I mm-hmm. think he's capable of that if his knee is fully healthy. I think you're going to see him rising into the late to maybe even mid first round. Yeah, he's got uh, probably the widest range of draftable outcome that we've talked of the guys we've talked about so far. Just because a team's going to have to fall in love with him for his specific traits, they're going to look at the the body type and they're going to see a, a really tall. A kind of lanky quarterback um, that maybe give him an NFL weight room. He bulks up a little bit to add some muscle to the frame and um, be more of that traditional pocket passer with some scram, uh, some scrambling ability to get outside the pocket and make plays as needed. But you don't see that a lot on, on the tape. Um, a lot of it does have to do with the injuries, but, one of the things that I wanted to highlight from what you said is the uh, clutch aspect of his game. Honestly, that's a, that's almost a definable trait that scouts are looking at on the game tape. When does he play his best? Is it when there's not a lot of pressure or is it when the game is on the line and 
It is up to this guy to put the team on his shoulders and, and carry the load. I think you see a totally different dynamic between uh, Carson Strong and his ability to be clutch and the next guy we're going to talk about on your list at number three. Who do you got at number three? I'm going to get a lot of flack and heat for this one, but it's <laughs> Kenny Pickett. Yeah, I have okay. number 27 on my big board. And a lot of people are, I mean, especially this is bad because as Steelers fans, a vast majority of our fan base, at least the local fans, are fans of Pitt, and they love this guy in college. And I loved him as yes. well when he was at Pitt. I remember the first game that I watched him, I believe it was he was the quarterback against Miami uh, the day after Thanksgiving, the final week of the year. Miami was like the number three team in the nation, and he goes and leads Pitt to a victory. I mean, the guy has – he has that it factor. And I, yes. that is huge when it comes to quarterbacks. The only issue is that I believe you are working with a guy with a limited ceiling. When you mm -hmm. look at guys, Derek Carr, I believe he went in the second. I want to say went in the second round. He did, I, yes. Yes, Kirk Cousins, who I believe was a third-round pick, if I'm not mistaken. These guys, Andy Dalton, I believe was a day-two pick as well, if I'm not mistaken. And these are the guys that we most of the time compare Pickett to. The only reason I think he's a first-round pick is because there isn't a clear-cut Number one quarterback in the eyes of most people. I do have a clear cut number one in my eyes. I do, but sure. I can understand why a lot of people don't because there is no for sure thing. Like last year, Trevor Lawrence, we'll see what happens with him. Didn't have the best rookie year, but we knew there were guys at the top that we just felt there's a, there's a way better chance than not that this guy's going to turn out. And I think the only reason pick is moving up is because he does have that higher floor and you know, you're going to get something, but the biggest thing right. Steelers fans have to remember is hand size and fans. I, I put this out on Twitter last week and fans got super mad. The ones that responded, you know, dude, the hand size doesn't matter what you talk about. Go and watch the senior bowl. If you haven't watched him, mm, the first two absolutely. days of the senior bowl, the weather was bad. And Kenny Pickett was probably the worst quarterback in that weather. His accuracy was completely gone. He could not push the ball downfield. Mm. And we're not talking just, you know, when you get to that nine inch hand, range that's where it gets a little bit shaky nine inches is kind of the bottom line that you want to go for right size yep. I joe burrow had nine inch hands we're talking about a guy who could potentially have less than eight inch hands we have never seen this Oof. before tony romo and michael vick are the only two quarterbacks in recent memory that have had any sort of success with hands under nine inches and i know he's double jointed we'll see I, i'm that's going to be the biggest thing for kenny pickett's draft stock what is that hand size but, and a lot of people will say, well, he played at Pitt. So, you know, the weather, he's played in cold weather. He's played in bad weather before. He's in the past two years, and Matty Peverell looked this up, and it is accurate. In the last two seasons at Pitt, he's only played two games in under 50 degree weather. Hmm. And that is very concerning to me because yeah. obviously in the college season, you only play until the end of November. If you make a bowl game, you play into December, but you're not playing all the way through December and into January like you would be at Pittsburgh with the Steelers in the NFL. So I think right. he's a guy that if you take him to a team like maybe Atlanta, maybe he can become that Matt Ryan type quarterback, but maybe sure. a team that plays in the dome. I believe he's a better fit there. He is. I do not see him as a good fit for the Steelers. Maybe he can run Matt Canada's offense to an extent. He has some mobility. He's got an okay arm, but I do not like his fit in the climate and the weather that he's going to have to deal sure. with. The Steelers. Yeah. A team that picks, ahead of the Steelers in the draft that needs a quarterback is the New Orleans Saints. I think he'd be a better fit there because of yes. where they play and the maybe even the system that they have there too. One thing that um, 
fans and media put a lot of pressure on the steel on Pittsburgh for is passing up Dan Marino, Pitts, University of Pittsburgh's star back uh, in his day. And I don't think that that's a fair thing to do when you assess Kenny Pickett. These are not players that are on any sort of the same plane of skill in the evaluation process coming out of college. And yes, um, many see Pickett as a first round pick, but Dan Marino was being talked up as a future all time great. And he lived up to that billing the Steelers passed on that. So I don't think the front office and the uh, coaching staff need to listen to any of that pressure to go out and get Pickett because they can't pass up another pit guy. Uh, that would be uh, a foolish um, reason to, to make that pick in my opinion. Absolutely. I, right. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So um, let's run through your top two here. Uh, who's that? number two for you i have desmond ritter at number two and he's slid some he slid some on my board uh when the big board came out i had him at 23 that ranking's probably still going to change after the combine but ritter he he didn't have the best week of practices but when it mattered and when it came to the game he did a really good job and if he would have played better in that alabama game i think we would be talking about him as the number one quarterback in this draft Hmm. his accuracy it got better in 2021, but then he lost it towards the end of the year. And then at the senior bowl, it was kind of iffy until it came to the game. He's a winner and that's, and that's important. And I believe he's got that mental toughness that you want and something that Steelers fans will really like. He's got a good arm and he's got mm-hmm. some athleticism. I know Shannon white at the site is a very big fan of Desmond Ritter. And I think he has the potential to develop into something. The only issue is just the inconsistency, the accuracy. He'll have sure. so many accurate throws over the middle and then in big games, whether he's sometimes he's not even under pressure, he'll just sail a ball over the middle. Will be overthrown, the safety will intercept it, or even if the safety's not there, it'll just sail balls. So at such random times, yeah. And <laughs> sometimes his instincts in the pocket, I think he's still developing. Uh, he's not a finished product, and I think he does need to sit for a while. I think in the right system, he could be a good starting quarterback. I don't think he's the next Ben Roethlisberger. I don't think he's the next Josh Allen. You can see glimpses of that in his game. It's not quite that talented. Uh, but he is a guy, if the Steelers were to, if he falls to the second round and the Steelers take him, I don't usually like taking quarterbacks if it's not in the first round, unless it's like a seventh right. round pick who has sure. a bunch of talent. But I could potentially get on board with Ritter, obviously depending on who else is available. But if the Steelers are sold on him, I'm okay with that. I just think it's a little bit, it would be a little bit too rich for the Steelers to spend a first round pick on him at this point. Sure, uh, especially with the other needs they have along the offensive line. If if their guy isn't there, and I think I have a feeling who their guy is, I think you do too. Um, if their guy's not there at 20, then I think they're going to go in a different direction. And uh, maybe Ritter falls to the second round and they make a, a trade up in the second round to go get him. I wouldn't hate that uh, if they believe that he could become a – solid starter in the league and he's definitely going to need to sit he's going to need um time to grow and develop uh but then the Steelers will be spending some free agency money on a quarterback I think if they end up taking uh somebody outside of the first round in the draft all right that brings us to your number one prospect at the quarterback position and uh let's hear who it is it is none other than Liberty quarterback Malik Willis Malik Willis. He's he's definitely the most polarizing (laughs) quarterback in the class. Absolutely, for sure. There's, I can understand 
why some Steelers fans are hesitant about taking him. But and I don't want to put too much weight on the senior bowl, but he did a really good job running NFL concepts. And all most of these quarterbacks that we're talking about in this draft, they're all coming from spread concepts. And I think mm-hmm. the senior bowl is really telling when they actually get to play inside an NFL offense. Yes, he does need to work on a little bit more awareness inside the pocket. And sure. he's still developing as a passer. And I don't like when fans compare him to Lamar Jackson, because in my opinion, he's right. already a better passer than Lamar Jackson. And I'm not trying to be too much of a fanboy, you know, with Malik Willis, but the guy, right. his accuracy in college is not as bad as what people make it out to be. They just think, well, this guy's a runner. He's a run first guy. He can't be a good passer. Now there's times when he should have thrown the ball and he decided to run instead. But I think part of that was just because he had so many opportunities to run in the other part is that he had probably the worst offensive line in the country. I mean, I, I wish I should have looked up the numbers before, but he had, a, there were a crazy amount of sacks on that offensive line. There, I believe it was the Ole Miss game. He was sacked like nine times. There, there were so many games and a lot of his three interception games, he was pressured all over the place. Just go on and turn some tape. I know it's not great games, middle Tennessee state, all these games, but there was not mm. a game where he was just sitting in the pocket freely the entire game. I mean, it's right. the Steelers offensive line, except 10 times worse. And that's literally what Malik Willis had to work with. <laughs> and to see that he got sacked that many times, despite his mobility. I mean, we're talking about a guy who could run a four, four in the 40, maybe even faster yeah. than that to get sacked that many times. You got to have a bad offensive line. Right. Absolutely. And, and I I'm willing to give him a pass just because he did look good in NFL offense at the senior bowl. We'll see how he does at the combine. But he's got all the tools. The guy can throw it 65 yards down the field with ease. He's obviously, we know his athleticism. And I think he can, he has the ability to play under center. We saw him on a couple rollouts at the senior bowl. He looked mm-hmm. really good playing under center. Obviously that's new yep. for him, but I believe he can handle it. And in Matt Canada's offense, if the Steelers are going to go all in, and even let's say Matt Canada doesn't work out. I think Willis is a guy, if you bring any sort of modern mind in there, whether it's a Joe Brady um, anyone, whether you want to run spread, whether you want to go under center, I believe Willis is a whole lot more versatile uh, in different schemes than what people give him credit for as well. And yes, there mm. are things he needs to work on in his game. He needs to sit for years. Some people are saying, just throw him in there, let him learn early on. Me personally, I would not want any rookie quarterback behind this current offensive line of the Steelers. Wait until yeah. you have the offensive <laughs> line fixed. But right, exactly. I have Malik Willis as my number eight quarterback, or excuse me, number eight player, excuse me, um, my eighth ranked player. And my number one overall guy, the only question is, and I'm curious to see what you think about this, his stock is rising. So how high would you be willing to trade up if you are the Steelers? And I don't know what your thoughts are on Willis, and I'd like to hear them. Yeah. uh, You know, I'm curious to see, because are you willing to trade up for him when you have so many other needs? But if he's the guy, you can go up and get him. I know in Todd McShay's mock draft, I believe he had us trading up like three spots. Uh, to go and get him to get ahead of the Saints. If that's all we had to do, you know, mm. third or fourth round pick, I would totally do it. But I don't, I'm oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, well, first off, I think if the Steelers believe that he is their guy, that uh, you go get him. And if that means you give up next year's first round pick to move up into the top 10, then you, you do that and you figure out how to manage that um, some other way. Me personally, uh, I would I would love to see him fall to 20. I would love to see him fall to around 15. If he falls to around 15, I think you make a move and you go up and you you take him. Uh, I would do that in a heartbeat because I agree with you. I think he's 
the top quarterback prospect in the draft as far as highest ceiling. Can he be a superstar in the league? I think he could be. The ball comes flying out of this dude's hands. He reminds me of a right-handed Michael Vick with just how the, the ball launches like a, a rocket uh, out of his hand. It's, it's insane. If you watch the tape, it's, it looks like he's hardly throwing it, and then the ball just comes torpedoing out of there on target. Uh, he makes big-time throws. And like you said, you, he's not a Lamar Jackson comp because the passing is already uh, at a point that Lamar Jackson hasn't even gotten to yet. And um, that's going to raise his stock. Now, is he going to run at the combine? I think we saw, um, we saw that with Jackson. He didn't run at the combine because he didn't want teams to change their perspective on uh, am I a passer or am I a, just a talented skill guy? I think he's going to run though, because he's going to uh, teams know that he can throw the football and uh, they're going to want to see that straight line speed. Um, but he's a stockier built guy than Lamar Jackson. He's not a slight. He's, he's, I believe he's around 215, 220, 6'1. He's got some muscle on him. Uh, I think that he's got to be the pick at 20 if he is there. At 20, if he makes it past uh, 15, like I said, go up and get him, spend a third round pick this year and uh, a fifth next year, whatever you have to do to go up there and get him. Cause he's a, he's an offensive or he's an offense changer. If he works out. Another thing that I think is key in this is um, the Steelers are trying to find a running mate for Najee Harris out of in the backfield. I think you go with a Malik Willis and you get that in your quarterback which is an interesting dynamic because, uh, you know, we're, we've been talking about filling uh, in a backup slot at running back, but can you provide enough rushing production from the quarterback position in a Matt Canada offense to offset some of what Najee has to do and make your offense all that more dynamic? I think that that's a cool thought, and I think Malik Willis could be the pick uh, come draft day. Um, okay, so we've gone through your top five. So, excuse me, I, I wanted to, to kind of go uh, make a playoff of a Mike Tomlinism uh, that we all have come to, uh, to know and love. And he's always saying style points don't matter. But I wanted to ask you real quick, Andrew, before we go, do style points matter in this draft at the quarterback position? <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> Man, I'm dry throat today. <laughs> um how the quarterback plays, his style, does that matter this year in 2022 for the Pittsburgh Steelers? I think if you want to go in terms of play style, I think it could just because if you want to run Matt Kanda's offense, I believe in terms of an actual style, I believe that Malik Willis and Desmond Ritter probably fit his offense better than any of the others. Kenny Pickett could. Um, as a passer but in terms of style I think we just see the trend in the NFL you have to be able to have at least some mobility doesn't mean you have to right. be a Lamar Jackson but you have to be able to move around in the pocket and make occasional plays with your feet and hopefully you can develop as a passer like it used to be you know you need to have accuracy coming into the NFL and will work on your arm strength once you get into the league I think that's starting to change as we've seen Josh Allen and some of these other quarterbacks that are coming to the league really inaccurate 
and they're improving upon their accuracy mm-hmm. and getting with quarterback specialists in the off season, working with them. I, the name's slipping me right now, but I know one guy that a lot of, I believe it's Ryan Palmer, uh, who works with a lot of these uh, mm. quarterbacks heading into the draft who does an excellent job with quarterbacks and just sure. uh, helping them develop their accuracy and their precision and just poise. I think the way the NFL is training and just the way the game is being played differently now, I feel like you it's okay to take that chance and go after that guy who may be a little bit more boomer bust than another guy, but those are the types of guys that are going to get you to the Super Bowl and get you past the Mahomes and the Josh Allen. You have to have mm-hmm. – a player, maybe not quite to their caliber, but a guy who has that same playmaking ability. So I believe, Dynamic, yes, yeah. to an extent, style points do matter. I don't think you can go anywhere with a traditional drop back passer. We'll see what happens with Mac Jones. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think, I guess I should say it still can be done, but I believe it makes it a whole lot easier if you have a guy with mobility because it will cover up some of the other issues you can have on offense. Uh, not necessarily yeah. that doesn't mean Steelers don't go out and sign any offensive linemen, don't go out and draft any offensive right. linemen, but it can cover up some issues <laughs> that do. your team may have. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, okay, so before we wrap it up, I uh, just wanted to say, listeners, go to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Check out the uh, quarterback big board. Um, you can talk. You can look at that and see um, guys that maybe Andrew has ranked a little higher, um, some sleepers. Uh, some guys that he may have ranked a little lower and uh, hit us up on Twitter. Talk to us about that. We'd love to connect with you on those things. Um, But before we go, Andrew, I wanted to get your best case scenario for the quarterback position for the Pittsburgh Steelers going into 2022. Is it uh, make a trade? Is it hit that free agent and draft a, a position player in the first round of the draft? Or is it go out and, and, get your quarterback in round one. What's your best case scenario for the quarterback position going into 2022? I think the best case scenario would be that for Malik Wills to fall to 20. I just don't see that Mm -hmm. happening at this point. And then that's where you have to weigh the risk. Do you trade up for him? If you do, how much are you willing to trade up for him? Depends whether you're completely stole on him or not. If the Steelers don't think they can develop him as much as I like him, if you're not going to develop him, you know, wait until you find your guy and that's fine. I think a good backup plan would be Mitch Trubisky because I think he is capable of more. Um, But it's just going to be interesting to see what happens because a lot of people knock this quarterback class, but I do believe you will find a couple gems in here somewhere. Mm -hmm. And for me, I believe Malik Willis is going to be that guy. I agree with that. I, I would love for the Steelers to draft their next quarterback. I want it to be Willis or uh, the other guy for me is Ritter. Um, I don't want to see Kenny Pickett um, necessarily. Uh, I, I just don't feel comfortable with that, um, with him coming in and, and trying to be the uh, next big-time quarterback for the Steelers. There's going to be a lot of pressure on whoever comes in I think you need a guy that plays totally different, uh, that there's not going to be a lot of comparison to Roethlisberger with. I think Willis and Ritter provide that, and uh, they could be developmental options for the Steelers uh, to be the next uh, big QB in the Steel City. All right, Andrew, that was a lot of fun. Uh, We'll do this again next week. And uh, in the meantime, uh, got any big plans for uh, the week coming up. I'm still working on the free agency series, top three players at each position. The Steelers should be looking at 
I believe this week the centers are going to be coming out. So keep an eye out for that. Um, we okay. may even get a uh, slip a second one there. We'll see what happens, what the schedule allows. And we'll hopefully be working on the big board in the early portions of this week. And maybe that can come out by the end of next week. So just keep an eye out for that. And obviously I'm excited personally uh, to see if anything comes out in terms of film rooms uh, for Brian Flores and stuff. There's going to be yes. a lot of good content coming out in the coming days at BTSC. So be sure to keep checking that out. Don't go anywhere between now and the draft. Keep an eye open. We'll talk to you all next week. Have a good night. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.